Well, hello there, my friends, and welcome to Story You Talk Radio. I am your host, Coach Debbie, and I am delighted that you are here to spend this hour with me. We come to you live every Thursday, and I always like to bring you a brand new topic. And I love also taking your suggestions for topics. That really helps me know where you are with your writing and just how you're feeling about living life. Because over here, we are authoring our books, our blogs, our brands, but we're also authoring our life story, how we live it out in the world, how we show up in the world, who we are in the world, how we identify with all that is around us in the world. I love hearing from you, and you can always write to me directly. My email is debbie at coachdebbie.com, and Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. You can also go to my website, which is coachdebbie.com, and feel free to click on connect. When you do that, you can send me a letter, and we can talk about anything at all from there. That will also connect you to receiving newsletters that I like to send out about twice a month. And then you can also opt to be on some of the more private newsletters where um, I would just say we go into more depth uh, and we have some back and forth conversation among us. So those are always available to you. Last week, if you were with us, we really got into looking at how sometimes just a few weeks into the new year, we start to botch up our resolutions or we we think that maybe they're not as important as we set out in the new year. Well, that'll really, really mess with your head if you keep that idea running that, you know, this resolution was good for 10 days, but the next 355, I'm just going to be up to whatever I want. (laughs) That's not going to serve you if you really are indeed authoring your life story. Even if you're authoring a book story or a blog story or redoing your brand, you want to be able to show that your commitment is in the game. Or as I hear so many people say, you've put a little skin in the game. That's important. So last year we took a, or last year, last week on Thursday, we took a look at that. What's it like to rekindle those resolutions and goals and dreams? But today I want to really get into some of the the mind of the beginner and where they go wrong in the early stages, how natural it is, and why you might want to invest in yourself just a little bit more in the early part of the year or the early part of a project. Because like I said, we all want to see it through. But there's often those messy middles. There's those points where we think, 
why did I get myself involved in this? And honestly, I think those those ideas come up because in the early stages, we didn't truly commit. We didn't truly invest or we invested at the lowest level we possibly could or the lowest time commitment we possibly could. And so those are the results we're getting. And then we wonder why and we get mad and we blame everyone. <laughs> we don't want to live like that. That's not authoring our life. So what I want to talk to you about today, we went over this in a recent show with office hours and several people wrote in and got their questions answered there. But we want to take a look at how in the beginning we sometimes make mistakes that could be avoided if we were just a little more committed or a little deeper invested. So first off, here's one. This is kind of a play on words, but you've probably heard in different situations, whether it be cultural. Uh, there's many places where this phrase has been adopted of no means no. Well, I'm going to tip that and say yes means yes. In other words, if you have adopted a resolution for the year, or if you have invested in yourself going into the new year, then yes means yes. When you said yes, you meant it. And you meant showing up, doing your part, being rigorous, being thoughtful, and finding the peace and the quiet and the space as you need it. But you don't start with peace and quiet and space because that can lead to uh, binging and procrastination and addiction. Yeah. A lot of people say, oh, I just paid for my my brand new class. So I think the first thing I'm going to do is take a nap and get all rested up. Well, naps are a great thing. They're wonderful, especially if you've been putting in a little time and a little energy in your day. Then once you get towards that two-thirds time in the day, have a little nap. But don't start there. Don't start with the you know, the backing out into some zone of non-commitment. Start with the yes. Start with my yes means yes. And I know it because I'm investing in myself and I want to complete my goals and I want to learn while I'm in the messy middles. That's a place where the yes really can get challenged. And again, we're just talking here today about what might be some of those beginner mistakes that we just don't know because we're new. We're new at telling our story. We're new at writing a blog or a book. We're new at doing that podcast. We're new at really being committed for the year of authoring our life. So we don't always know where is it that I'm making a big, early mistake in the beginning? I'm going to say it's because you said yes, but you didn't fully mean yes. 
go back now. Go back and look at that resolution and goal and have a moment with yourself and say, yes means yes. I'm in. I want this. I'm doing this. Now, one way a person can really, really work with staying out of the mistake of starting and then giving up early because the yes wasn't all that solid. One way you can work with this is by realizing a big project can be chunked, shall we say, into smaller projects. What you want to be able to do here is see that maybe there's three phases, five phases, eight phases to what I want to accomplish. But be honest about what you really do want to accomplish. Because without honesty, bailing from the project is certain. Can you hear that? (laughs) Without real honesty in the early days, bailing from your project is certain. I remember this one time when I was with a writer's group and I was working on a book of short stories. Now, I believed for many, many years that I had lost this book. We had had a little flood in the house back in 2008, and I lost boxes and boxes of writing. And at the time, there was a certain relief I felt simply because many of the boxes of writing were from curriculum I had written of old projects, and I didn't want to be assigned those jobs anymore. I was working at a college, and I just thought, wow, it all just went, poof, goodbye. Maybe I won't have to teach those classes anymore. But what I found out was that there was also some personal writing, like a good amount of it, that Yeah, it just kind of went away thanks to this flood. So I was working on this this, uh, collection of short stories, and I had long since accepted, okay, they're gone. And in my mind, I thought, that's really weird that I lost a collection of stories when I was so bent that my yes was going to stick. Like, how was it that I managed to lose them in a flood? Well, (laughs) interesting enough, that notebook was not in those boxes, and I only discovered it last year. I only discovered that that notebook was, among other things, that when I was moving, it it just moved along with me, but I didn't, I didn't notice it. Over the holidays, I decided to do a little clutter clearing and I opened a shoebox and there was an older pair of shoes and my beloved notebook of stories. And I was like, wow, this is interesting because I had a firm yes that these stories mattered and I would complete them. And when I went through the notebook, I realized I had completed a first draft of that. So interesting enough, I I misplaced it for 16 years, (laughs) but here they are. 
So now I'm I'm looking through them. I'm thinking about the editing phase. Has things gone perfectly with that? Not at all. But when you know your yes is a yes, it will stay in your life. You won't be able, even in the predicament of a flood, you won't be able to send that thing downstream. It's with you. Might be misplaced, might not be the focus of your day for some days, might be something you take a break from here and there. But when your yes means yes, when you know this is happening, whatever amount of time, whatever amount of energy, whatever amount of words you need to give to that project, it's going to happen. You don't have to worry because it's going to happen. Your yes is your firm contract. Things might happen along the way, but your yes is always going to outweigh it. I had a coach once that told me that as soon as he clicked send on his manuscript, and this was going out to Hay House, he clicked send on it. He was so happy that he was three weeks ahead of the deadline and they never got it. And he went back to his computer and it had just swelled up and just gone poof. So not only did he lose his hard drive, but in that magical sending, it never reached its destination. Did he have a backup copy? He had little shreds of backups from way earlier drafts, but not the one he intended to send. He later shared with us, that he was not a firm yes for that book. And that the book idea was not his idea. It was his publisher's idea. He was in one of those contracts where you do a book a year and he didn't feel committed to it, but he did need to get it done as you know, he had a contract. But now he had three weeks and he had to recreate it. And this opened up the conversation for him to go to the publisher and say, you know what? I am more than happy to sit down and really, really give it my all so we can stay with the deadline. But I just want to tell you about the book I'm dreaming up. It's kind of like what you suggested, but it's got a little twist. And they went for it. And so it was this huge win-win when it could have been a tragic loss. But in a way, part of the reason it got lost was that the commitment and the confirming yes hadn't yet been a resounding yes from the writer. But once he had it, not only did that book go out in the world, but it became known as a bestseller Wayne Dyer was was advocating for it all over the place. I have a copy. You probably have a copy. And what I want to say about that is you don't know the power of that little word, yes, until you really feel it in your soul and you really, really align with it and you know this is a line I'm drawing in the sand. 
even if I have a hard middle, even if I get a little scared in the early phases, this is a yes. This is a project I want. And if you really want it, yes comes quite easily. And so in the next parts of the show, I'm going to tell you how you can stick with your yes so that you don't get caught up in some of those funny mistakes really in the beginning stages of a project or even the beginning stages of the new year. Thanks for joining along with me. We're going to be right back after this first break. We'll be right back with more Story You Talk Radio with Coach Debbie. But first, a quick reminder. Story You Talk Radio guest and author Becky Gibbler's book launch is Thursday, February 1st. Be sure and come to Third Place Books at their Lake Forest Park location. The event is free. Seating begins at 6.30 with a live interview at 7 o'clock with Coach Debbie and second-time author Becky Gibbler. Learn about the 55-day solo road trip that inspired her book, Wherever the Road. Meet the author and get your book signed. Again, that's February 1st at Third Place Books. Stay up to date by signing up for Coach Debbie's newsletter and by tuning in right here every Thursday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time for the live broadcast of Story You Talk Radio with Coach Debbie. And now, back to the show. Welcome back, my friends, to Story You Talk Radio. I just want to thank you for putting this show on your calendar so we get to spend this hour together. I like to think of this hour as sort of my classroom to help you get some free support with the stories you are working on and the stories you are living your way into. My clients are writing books and blogs and brands. Some of them have been writing for half their life. Some of them just took up writing last year. Some of them are doing short stories. Some are doing uh, what I would call a full-length book, a 250-page book manuscript. Some people know that they want to elevate their brand for the year. And so we're really going through their their branding with their socials and their website and making sure that the stories that they're posting really reflect what they're all about. If any of these services speak to you and you would like to either have a conversation about it or just binge on the blog and see what sort of information you can glean there, please feel free to go to Coach Debbie, that's D-E-B-B-Y, CoachDebbie.com. And like I said, anytime you want to have a conversation, we can schedule that. We can do a 20-minute conversation on Zoom or on the phone. And I like to just see where you're at see if my services would align with you. But even if they don't, it's likely I know someone that I could refer to you. So let's take that step 
and see where you are at. I do have a new class that's coming up. This will be offered April 1st to the 30th. And the cool thing about it is that if you're a busy guy or a busy girl, you won't have to show up for live classes. I'm going to send out recorded classes to you between the 1st of April and the last day of April. And those will come to you for a total of 399 if you sign up this month. I have it on half price right now for $399. And it will go up. It will double. But I want to honor the people that get in the door first. If you decide while you're in the class in April that you would like some private coaching or if you would like to come to some of the group coaching sessions that I will be offering during April and May, uh, you can sign up for those as well. So get on the newsletter and I would be happy to send you the information. You just go to coachdebbie.com, click on connect, send me your info and I'll make sure that you receive it. Now, what we're really looking at today is that, of course, when you say yes to writing a book, a blog, a brand, but especially your own personal stories, you can get yourself into the early days and be looking out into the future of the middle days or the final days, and you realize you don't know what skills you're going to need when you get out there. You sort of have the fear of the future. You're pretending you're there when you're not there yet. You're not there. You're in the early days. And you might be writing about something that has deep meaning to you, like a survival story, something you went through the trenches to live and tell, something adventurous. Could be something from your daily life where you learned some really key lessons and you know by writing it down, you're going to be helping others. It could be something just epic <laughs> where it involved you and others and you are the one that signed up to be the writer. Could be stuff that makes you laugh, maybe even things that make you cry. Could be the sort of stories that are more campfire more like if you were sitting across from a really good friend. Might even be the stories that when you're home alone, you think of, but you don't dare say out loud because you don't know if anyone wants to listen. All of these stories count. All of them. And any of them could be your book. Any of them could be a series that go into your blog. But it's going to be really hard to make that happen if in the early days of writing, you find you haven't given a hard yes to this. That it's just something you're kind of playing with and you'll see and maybe and who knows. That's not going to make it happen. Recently, when um, I was sharing this with another teacher friend of mine, and he was saying, at what point did you know you wanted to be a teacher? And I said, oh, my gosh, 
I was really young and I had a lot of people validate for me along the way that I had a great idea in that. Probably my mother was the first person that ever spoke of me being a teacher. And that's because I had a little brother. He had a speaking impediment and I was teaching him how to speak. I have no idea where that came from. I was only six, seven, eight, nine years old, but I was teaching him how to speak and he speaks fine now. He did get other help besides, you know, eight-year-old me. <laughs> but that was a time in which I just knew I was committed to that. What I didn't know was that I was in the early days of committing to the idea that I like teaching. As I got a little older, I was a teen. I remember flying back east. I was visiting my biological family and my grandmother and my father and my auntie, they were all talking about teaching and how they could see that for me. They were validating my dream around it. Somewhere in those years around 18, yeah, I wasn't really behaving myself so well. And I started to feel that the dream of being a teacher might die. And I was talking to my teacher friend uh, not too long ago, and he was saying, you know, when did you know you wanted to be a teacher? And I said, I was I was really young and I, I got validated along the way, but I slipped up in those last times, you know, those last months, quarters of high school. And I was 23 before I made my way to college. And there was this thought, I remember when I went to college and I had all these stories I had written, I had all this fiction and I thought, gosh, maybe I could become an author. But if I was going to become what I wanted more than anything in the whole world, it would be a teacher. But I was pursuing my second best thing, which was to be a writer and an author. That was what I held in the second position. And when I look back, I realized something very, very important about that. Writing my stories was something that I naturally did and I had a love for it. And I gave myself permission that I could share what I wanted, where I wanted, how I wanted, et cetera, et cetera. But the whole idea of becoming a teacher I put a lot of perfectionism around that. I remember thinking, this is going to be one of the biggest and best things I could do with my life because I had committed to it when I was so young. I had, I had some natural ability to enjoy the whole aspect of teaching. But somewhere along the way, because I had messed up for a while in school, I had broken that teacher-student relationship for a while. And I started to believe you're not going to get to have that dream of being a teacher. You're going to have to have your fallback dream of being a writer. Well, here's what's interesting. I got to be a teacher and I was one that 
taught in various different aspects and I continue to teach in my coaching practice. But now that I've been doing this for some time and I've long since given up the idea that I've got to be the perfect teacher, I really enjoy how I deliver my message. I enjoy the people that come to me and I'm realizing that at this stage in my life, sharing more of my stories publicly is no longer a runner-up goal. It's something that I'm actually bringing a solid yes to. And I didn't have that for a long time. It was like, it was something that kept my my mind when I think about my survival stories or my huge experiences, it it would keep my mind active and allow me to really have the page as my friend. But lately, I've been thinking, you know, I've been doing teaching now for a few decades. If I really think about it, it was 1991 when I first started to get paid to teach. That was a while ago. (laughs) So why not? Why not that really close runner-up thing move into the yes position? And for me, that is getting on with publishing stories. Now, I meet people all the time that tell me things just like this. They tell me, you know, the thing I've wanted since I was a young girl was to be a nurse. God, I want to be a nurse. And it took me a long time. And I didn't become a nurse until I was 35. But now, now that I'm 45 and I've been a nurse for 10 years, you know what I want to do, Debbie? I want to write my stories about nursing and all that it's taught me about my life. But I'm 45. Do you think I'm too old to write? I get questions like this all the time. And I have to realize that inside of me was the same question for a long time. Like, you know, I I made myself known as a teacher, as a coach, as a leader. So maybe I missed the point on publishing, but it's okay because it was just a runner-up dream. But when you really sit down with those runner-ups and you feel accomplished in other areas, you realize there's an energy that's starting to bubble up and say, but what about me? What about this dream here that's been in the runner-up position? What if we make it a yes? I want to tell you about some people that did exactly this. One thing I said to a group of students, this is going back, this is right when the pandemic happened and I was teaching fully face-to-face workshops And all of a sudden, we couldn't do that. So I had to just completely change my business and have an online business. And it was nerve-wracking as all get out. (laughs) But fortunately, there were some people that said, yes, absolutely. I will do it online. I want to do it online. So what I told them was if, if, and and remember, the, the pandemic began in the early part of the year. So here we were in the 
early part, the messy beginnings. And I didn't want to make a big mistake. I wanted to serve these people. So I said to my group of students, now that you're in the class, now that we know we're doing it online, now that we've had to change things up, I want you to introduce yourself to the other people in the online class by writing one sentence, one sentence only, that sums up your firm yes of what you're doing with your story. And some of these people wanted full-length books. Some wanted a collection of essays. Uh, One guy in particular was starting his podcast as a chef. Uh, You could even uh, listen to the interview I did with him uh, last year when we interviewed Voice for Chefs Michael Dugan on this show. And he came back and talked all about the year when he started his podcast during the pandemic. So I asked everyone, put that dream, put that yes. Yes means yes. Put that in one statement. And I want to read this to you. Jen said, I want to create a TED Talk and help women design their futures as leaders. One sentence. That was one sentence that grabbed her My yes is a yes for this speech. And she wrote it and she gave the TED Talk. Todd, my sweetheart, said, I want to write the next version of my story and offer inspiration to others on their very own life mastery journey. Todd went on to offer this exactly in his podcast with his co-host. Turned out to not be a group of stories. Turned out to be a podcast. Mary said, I want to write a story that supports people who are in love with their opposite and they want to thrive in their partnership. Mary went on to write that book and publish that book in 2022, and she is thriving in her career as an energy healer. Kay said, I want to help Christian women that have devoted their life to the church and now discover how they might be more adventurous and indulge in travel. Kay went on to be someone that leads Bible study. And what she does is she gets a group of women together and then they go to these areas in the world like Bethlehem and they study and they, they, they intermix travel and their Christian identity together. So what, Car- what, um, sorry, what Kay wrote was these, um, maybe you would call them travelogues. I'm not quite sure. It's almost like curriculum. But she put this together and she created a travel business. And finally, I wanted to share that Michelle said, I want to help special needs moms like me know that they have enough strength to tell their story about guiding their child to the Special Olympics. 
And that, my friend, uh, is a project that is underway. It was something that I was helping her with pre-pandemic, but then, of course, we had to miss a few years of traveling all around. But that is something that is back and up and running, and I foresee that book coming out end of 2025. When you say yes, it doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. It doesn't mean that you're going to have the I know exactly how it's all going to work figured out before you get started. But when you say yes, the energy starts to build and the momentum kicks in and the support shows up. And this is what I want for you. If you're in the early stages of some sort of project, I want you saying yes means yes. I don't want you falling into the big mistake of thinking I'm a beginner and I don't know how to do this. I'm a beginner and I'm not going to find my way through the middle. I would be more than happy to have a conversation with you and help you get started. Sometimes a conversation is all you need. Sometimes a little group coaching or, or a community membership will help you feel so inspired. Other times it's one-on-one and sometimes there are people out there in the world that I've worked with or that I know or are facilitating a brand in a different way than I am, and they would be a great match for you. So feel free to reach out to me, Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. If you're feeling a yes means yes boiling up in you, and you don't want to fall back into just saying, you know, I'm a beginner, and I'm just, I'm just going to have to wait until I'm experienced. Actually, you don't get to be experienced if you're not willing to start by being a beginner and claim that strong yes. So what do you say? We take one last break. I want to invite you to write in. If you have a question on this topic, I'd be more than happy to coach you on the air. And we're just going to come right back in about one minute here. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Story You Talk Radio with Coach Debbie. But first, a quick reminder. Story You Talk Radio guest and author Becky Gibbler's book launch is Thursday, February 1st. Be sure and come to Third Place Books at their Lake Forest Park location. The event is free. Seating begins at 6.30 with a live interview at 7 o'clock with Coach Debbie and second-time author Becky Gibbler. Learn about the 55-day solo road trip that inspired her book, Wherever the Road. Meet the author and get your book signed. Again, that's February 1st at Third Place Books. Stay up to date by signing up for Coach Debbie's newsletter and by tuning in right here every Thursday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time for the live broadcast of Story You Talk Radio with Coach Debbie. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I just want to welcome Laura into the class. 
I was speaking in the first half of the show that we are, I am, we, <laughs> I'm the only teacher, I am offering you uh, a class in April that is going to get you immersed in your stories, whether they're short stories, long story, full book length. These will be recorded classes that I send to you between April 1st and April 30th. Probably going to have about eight recorded classes. Right now, it is on special for half price for $3.99. I'd be happy to send you the newsletter that announces that, but you can see it on any of my socials. And what we're going to be doing is really getting into the fact that you are ready. You are ready to start writing that story. Honestly, the first step is knowing you feel that strong yes. I want to take the last part of the show and talk to you a little bit about the idea that when you get involved in some sort of heroic story, doesn't matter if you're doing it because you're a parent or a business owner or if you are an athlete. You could come from just about any walk of life. But when you're really looking at the fact that to you, your story has a certain heroic element around it, you want to be brave in coming forward and saying, it matters to me that I not only write it to help myself, but that I write this because I know it's going to help others. For example, one of the stories that I had the privilege to help a client with, her name's Vicki, and she came to me with the idea of a story, and it, it sounded good, but I knew something was missing. And she said, no, really, we, we got this, we, we adopted this little poodle and the poodle has changed my life and really just shown me some life lessons. And I just want to write a book about how I got to know myself better by having a poodle. And if I didn't know her already, maybe I would have bought her story. <laughs> maybe I would have bought the idea that this was going to be enough. But I just had this sense that there was more under the surface. And as we got talking, she told me, you know, one of the things the poodle did was the poodle helped me realize that I'm, I'm more lovable than my mother was able to show me. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Tell me a little about that. And as she shared the story of growing up with her mother, wow, there were a lot of laughs and a lot of tears and, you know, a few fists in the air. She was really emotional around it. And I remember saying, Vicki, is it, is it possible that as much as you love this poodle and what the little dog has shown you, is it possible that privately or publicly, there's a story about your relationship with your mom that you'd really like to reckon with. And she just fell into tears and said, I've, I've always wanted to write that. 
It's a compelling story, but I just don't have any idea. I have no idea how I would get to the end of it. I don't even know what the end is. And I said, how far are you into it? And she said, oh, no, I've never dared start it. Well, <laughs> my friends, this is where things are so scary. Honest to goodness, it is when we haven't yet stepped in. We haven't yet really allowed ourselves to experience a fullness. And so we pull back. We pull back before we get to the messy middle because we can see it coming. We think, oh, I just don't know how to build momentum and go the distance. This is how you do it. You say yes. You say yes and you set up support around you. You believe in the fact that what you have to say matters. And you get yourself in either a community or in relationship or partnership where you get to shine. You get to be that person that knows I belong here while I'm telling this story. I want to be here. This matters to me. Sometimes we play it down. We have an experience like Vicky did with a really sweet poodle that's showing us five life lessons. There's no reason why she can't write that book. But to have said that the story on her heart, the story about her mother would always linger in the background and just tug at her, that wouldn't have been fair to her at all. Vicky and I took a year and a half and she wrote that book, Beginning, Middle, and End. She cried her eyes out when the cover came out of the, the print shop and she got to sign on it and say, yes, this is the cover that I want for the book. We even managed to get her little poodle into a little corner on the cover of her book. This was something that I think, along with the fact that the poodle gave her some life lessons, I think writing that story turned Vicky into someone who thought about what was possible and into a heroine. She was really gutsy. She didn't hold back. And a lot of that anger and fist in the air, a lot of that fell into just a puddle of forgiveness tears. And the things that she has gone on to do in the last two and a half years since we finished that book is amazing. Sometimes we don't even know how the fact that we're not writing something is keeping us in a familiar life story. We don't even know that the life that we've been living for a decade could shift if we allowed more of ourselves to feel into what's really heroic about us. I want to offer you a couple other examples here in the time we have left. I worked with a client long ago, and let's just call him Joe. He was in the program Alcoholics Anonymous, and he really had this fear 
that not only would he not live so long because of what he had done to his body as someone that drank for many years, but that somehow someone in life would catch up to him. He had some very, very dark ideas of where his future might go. But he also had some time in Alcoholics Anonymous, and he had learned a lot. And he wanted his boys to know the most important lessons. This was something we started. We got to some point in it, maybe the messy middle. And he said, you know, hey, you've helped me, and um, I'm going to go. I I don't think I'm going to finish. I just... Uh, I really appreciate what you did for me. So I'm going to go now. And I had to pull back, quote, Joe Ryder and say, what's what's going on? Why are you letting go of your dream to leave these stories for your sons? And he's like, you know, it's just not a dream anymore. Yep. I, I it turns out it's not a dream anymore. And, you know, when we when we talk like that, it's it's usually because we're so afraid that the dream isn't going to happen, that we just sort of stick a Band-Aid on it and we walk away. We walk away from classes, coaches, communities, people that are completely on our side. It took some time, but when Joe showed back up again, he had had some really, really close calls with death. And he said, man, Debbie, I, I was so afraid that I wasn't going to get these stories to my boys. I didn't know how much it meant to me. And so he did. He sat down. He wrote those stories. He gave them to his boys. We even did what's called a one and done, which is when you take the story to the printer and you have them just printed for the family. It never goes out to a publisher. It's never meant for public eyes. And this is often something that really helps people that know their story has a certain privacy around it, but it has a heroic element. And to not offer it, that that would be such, such a sad story in and of itself. His boys received this open-hearted, and he tells me that this has really deepened his relationship with his boys because he didn't think he would have the guts to just sit across and tell them these stories. He wanted them written out. He wanted the boys to be able to go to the stories and read them over whenever they needed them. And I mean, these are stories that made me laugh out loud and really lose a few tears as well because they're they're just such honest stories from his childhood. They they started at a time when uh, Joe, who we're calling him Joe, they started at a time when Joe didn't have a strong voice in the family, found himself abusing alcohol, found himself in a lot of trouble with the law, found himself finally in recovery, found himself in a marriage where he had two boys and eventually found himself wanting to tell these boys, hey, I just want you to know you are two of the most important people in my life. And I had to take a very, very harsh journey 
before I ever knew either of you. And I want you to know before you do something foolish like I did. They're beautiful stories. They're private stories. I wish they were in the bookstore. But there's a lot of meaning when you decide that even though you're going to keep your stories in your family, that they get put together and shown and shared. Because often that's where some of the healing is. Another heroic story I just want to say real quickly happened again. This was right as the pandemic was coming to an, um, well, not the pandemic, but the lockdown here in Seattle was coming to an end and we were out and about again. And I ran into a woman I hadn't seen in a long time, was so happy to see her. And we spent six months together writing about the stories she knew because she had spent a good amount of time while her mother was in critical care and then hospice. But because she had spent some time uh, nourishing her mother, nurturing her mother at hospice, she had come to know some of the other people uh, working there, some of the the people that were also nurturing their loved ones. And she wanted to compile stories around the last days of being with your loved ones. And I don't know if she ever went public with her stories, but I do know that among the people at the hospice center, she shared them. And those relationships continue to grow with the staff and with some of the ladies she met at that time. You just don't know where your heroic story is going to take you. But what I want you to know is that if you are in the beginning, like many, many people are, you're not the only one, but it is time right here in the beginning to make a firm, solid yes means yes. If you have said yes to your story weeks ago, months ago, a year ago, a decade ago, come back to it now and ask yourself, am I in? Does my yes mean yes? And if you'd like help with that, you can always find me at coachdebbie.com. We bring you new topics every single Thursday. Thank you again for joining me here. I'll see you next week. Namaste, my friends. Mm -hmm.